and welcome to the Podcast of Power, a She-Ra and the Princesses of Power companion podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm the other host, Jane. And today we're going to be doing a little bit more of a breezy one than our previous two episodes because we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 4, The Price of, or excuse me, uh, Moment of Truth. I always get this and Price of Power confused because they kind of fulfill the same purpose. They are both lighter setup episodes where, well, this one's a, it's a little bit more action-y than The Price of Power, but it is still setting up all the dominoes, so to speak. Yeah, this is, this is like, I, I would say lighter in terms of the actual, like, uh, in, in terms of plot development, but, but definitely not lighter in terms of content, because this one gets real heavy real fast. In fact, in, in terms of dominoes, this is kind of like finishing setting up the dominoes, and then Catcher walks up and just punts the first one as hard as she can. Yes, yeah, so... Obviously, this one's all about Adora got taken by the Horde, and this is an issue because she's the own she's Shira, so you don't want her to be taken by the Horde. Yeah, like A, she's the strongest person they have on their side, like bar none. But B, slightly more problematic. Um, turns out that the Runestone of Protection and the Sword of Protection are the kind of like usb key like two-factor authentication for the whole planet and and now the horde knows this so they get to just open a portal now um which is bad yeah it's not good as expressed by mara in the previous episode um but and obviously glimmer is in a panic um she teleports back to bright moon with Bo and huntara who doesn't say anything in this episode because they couldn't pay Gina Davis for this one. <laughs> More or less. But she would have been really useful to bring along, but I guess she didn't want to come. Makes sense, I guess. She uh, she probably wouldn't be too crazy about teleporting directly into the Fright Zone. No, I imagine not. I imagine that would take a little bit more convincing um, to get her to, to hop in there, especially when there were uh, so many other people clamoring to go. She's kind of like, oh, I'll let, I'll let them go instead. Yeah, but uh, basically, <laughs> Glimmer teleports in, says, we have to go right now immediately, they got Adora, and Angela says, whoa, 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 no, you need a plan, and Glimmer says, I told you my plan. Yeah, no, it, Angela just, <laughs> it's like, like, Glimmer shows up, and she's like, listen, we have to go to the Fright Zone immediately, and then she's like, okay, why? Like, we've been planning on invading there, but why do we need to go? She's like, okay, first off, Adora's gone. Second, um, they're going to open a portal. And then she's like, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I don't know what any of this even means. And Glimmer's just like, no time to explain, Mom. We just got to go rev up the minivan. We got to, you know, put everybody in. We got to go. So this, this and they, they, she says, Angela says, all right, talk to me outside the war room. Um... This begins this episode's kind of uh, recurring motif of splitting the frame between light and shadow. The, uh, the the cinnamon topography is very strong in this episode. And here it is Angela, like, it is Angela and Glimmer really going at it, like, really arguing. 
you know, she's like, I under no circumstances will you, I will I allow you to go do this. You know, I, I, I trust, I, I don't know if I can trust you with that. Uh, you keep giving me chances and, you know, you keep doing all this stuff. And Glimmer shoots back with, okay, you trusted me? Well, why didn't you tell me Shadow Weaver was my dad's teacher? Um, and Angela really doesn't have a response to that. So she just kind of goes queen mode and shuts Glimmer down. Yeah, and it's like, and the thing is, where she's coming from is not, it is not entirely unreasonable, right? Like, obviously, Angela is coming at this from a place of fear. Like, she lost her husband, you know, she doesn't want to lose anyone else. And now there's a very real possibility that Adora is maybe not alive anymore. And, you know, she's she is not planning on just throwing, you know, from from her position, right? She doesn't actually have the information on what a portal is, what it's going to do. Like, honestly, even Glimmer doesn't 100% have all that information, so she can't even really explain it. But but as far as she's concerned, you know, Angela's like, "Okay, well, your your plan is to go to the headquarters of the enemy we can only barely handle and throw literally all of our resources at this right now." to recapture one person and risk losing literally the entire army like it's it's a bad plan it's a terrible plan and it makes a hundred percent sense why she's like listen unless you come up with a good plan that isn't just run in there as fast as possible beat the snot out of people then we're not going and and glimmer just doesn't have time for this which i mean she doesn't like literally actually she does not have time for this but she could have probably explained it a little better. Yeah, and you know, there's during this whole conversation, Angela is kind of framed in the shadowy side until she kind of rises up and and, and you know puts on her regal atmosphere and, and puts her foot down. Um, this is you know, as I said, this is the first time this pops up. The second time this pops up is when Glimmer decides the best idea, the best thing to go forward with, is to go talk to Shadow Weaver. Yes. So the interesting thing about the specific way that they're splitting the light and dark in this also is that obviously there's a little bit of that 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 general light and dark kind of theming, but there's also this this angle of like um it, sort of the person who is in the light in, in particular with with the conversation between uh, Glimmer and Angela, but also the conversation between Glimmer and Shadow Weaver um the person who is in the light is also somewhat dominating the conversation they're kind of the one in charge of the conversation that's that's the person who is kind of taking um taking control of the situation at the time and and you see this again take place with shadow weaver because you know glimmer and bow pop in the room and they're and they're basically like listen shadow weaver is the only person who knows the fright zone she's the only person who can help us get in there and when she gets in there shadow weaver is just sitting on a couch and basically says exactly the same thing to her she's like yeah i figured you would come i'm the only person who can help you right now who who gave her the couch why does she have a couch why does she have a couch i guess they were just why does she have a book i guess they were just like they, they like felt bad they were like they they're not used to having prisoners they probably were like oh well you look so uncomfortable i'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a chair which one? Which one of these guards gave her a chair and a book? I just—it's it, fine. 
Um, well, I kind of disagree with your, your assessment that whoever is in the light is in control of the conversation. Because Shadow Weaver spends a whole conversation on the shadow side of things, obviously. Um, and she is ju she just has glimmer wrapped around her finger um, this entire time. She is, of course, saying exactly what Glimmer wants to hear. It's like, I can get you in there. I understand the urgency of your mission. I want to stop Hordak too, so why don't we just go? Why don't you just get me out of here and we can go? Um, because she like really she really really hones in on Glimmer's kind of inferiority complex with regards to her mother. Oh, big time! It's like yeah, you're a princess, but you're also like the daughter of the most powerful sorcerer the planet has ever seen. Your magic potential is like off the charts. If you just let me help you, I can start to unlock all of that. Yeah, you can become the most powerful person in the world, and she's like hearing yeah i can be the most powerful person in the world is really doing it for glimmer right now she uh she's feeling real helpless and like under underappreciated by the people in her life so yeah obviously this line really works on her and they they start going to uh to get prepared there and and this is when angela realizes you know she she tries to go up to glimmer's room obviously to like make amends and 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 kind of have a bit more of a calmer talk now that they've both the 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 uh, the emotions have kind of simmered down, but it's empty. It's empty, and she like stops for a second. She's like, "Oh, I wonder where she could be." And then she has that face of realization of, "Oh shit!" And she speeds off as fast as possible over to where Shadowy Rissell is, and surprise your your magical your magical bubble is turned into pixie stick dust and she <laughs> angela you kind of you kind of messed up a little bit yeah the uh we we see glimmer glance at angela one last time before teleporting away we should say the other princesses are technically in this episode but uh, yeah they're like they're incredibly ancillary they they're basically only here to make this episode no princess left behind too like they don't really do anything no yeah it was just essentially you know the the princess alliance gets a take two and they just they don't really have anything to do in this episode they like they hold off the forum frog lady they hold off um like some of the cadet squad that's about it like they don't really participate in the rest of the goings-on and they could have very easily written it in such a way as that they just didn't miss the 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 sanctum and then the other princesses weren't there and that would have saved like four minutes of screen time but you know it, it just it felt really superfluous in a way the show doesn't usually do that yeah there's really like i, I think perfuma has like two lines um and doesn't really do anything yeah but yeah so let's talk a little bit about what's going on over in the horde because it's all really normal oh yeah it's all super normal nothing weird going on not at all so i'm trapped in the horde app working on the portal and they're talking about getting everything everything working and you know and travis like you oh, know the the portal right now it's not stable enough to even send one person through we need to like we need to figure out what this key is we need to like make sure that it's working properly and Hordak's like, well, you know, actually, 
we kind of only need it to be open for like four fifths of a second so we can send like uh like just literally just like a radio message through like we don't have to send a person or an object so they both kind of have this realization that oh well we could probably just do that now but then they they kind of hesitate for a second yeah here's the thing here's the thing about where hordak is at at the moment he's made the first friend he's ever had he's made the first emotional connection to anyone else and he doesn't really want to end all that now like he realizes well I could call Horde Prime and have him, like, glass the planet and destroy the Rebellion forever, but do I really want to at this point? Even in Trapped, I was like, I mean, we don't, there's no rush. Like, we can, we, can, we can spend lots of time perfecting it and getting it to work. And they both kind of smile at the thought of that. Uh, but then, <laughs> then Catra kicks the door in, tosses Adora at Hordak's feet and says, no, we're opening it. Yeah, no, Catra kind of... Um... Catra pops in and uh and everything starts to unravel really 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 quickly she tosses him the sword and is like hey here's the sword it's gonna turn the portal on and we're gonna open it right this second and uh they so like at at first at first they're like yeah okay we'll we'll do that that makes sense um but even then, Entrapped is kind of like, well, I don't really know how it works. Maybe I should run more tests on how the sword functions. You know, it there's there's hesitation. There is hesitation here that she is not, like, she is, Entrapta is kind of torn between two things right now, right? Like, she's torn between the idea of continuing to experiment and test and do what she really loves doing with her new friends and like getting to explore the wider universe which this is a perfect opportunity to get to so it's 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 really it's it's really conflicting for her right now yeah um and and, you know she's she's taking her sweet time she's running all these tests hordak seems very agitated by adora's presence yeah he would rather her just not be here so they they like tie her to a big pillar in the sanctum because because uh, Entrapped's like, well, we don't know if we just need the sword or if we also need Shira, so it's probably better to just keep her here. Hordak is very mad about this, and they actually—it's interesting, you know. Adora is the protagonist. Hordak is ostensibly the main villain. This is the first time they've ever been in the same scene together. Yeah, like, and it's interesting too because Hordak in this scene is doing like his his this is the first time we've seen hordak um doing his big boisterous posturing for a long time actually because like catra's been out of the picture for a second uh shadow weaver's been out of the picture even longer we don't really see him interact with just about anyone else other than entrapta right now more or less and you know he's kind of just been he's he's been in his own little thing and he's been a lot more like vulnerable exactly 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 so when Adora shows up he kind of he kind of gets into his like i'm a i'm a big boy villain voice and like you can even notice like when uh entrapta actually like comes up behind him and 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 has something to say he's he's just kind of like no get get the poor opening now and he's like screaming at her and she just kind of has this look of like oh we're doing this again like she's just kind of sad about it yeah well because it's because that's after his like exoskeleton malfunction you know he's 
he's got Adora here. He's got his arch enemy. And, like, he doesn't want to look weak. And you know what looks really weak? Your exoskeleton giving you shocks. And also your, like, lab assistant comforting you in a very soft way. That definitely looks very weak. Can't be having that. Yeah, that looks quite weak. And he, he doesn't want to show weakness. Um, And it's just, it's... Yeah, Hordak's got Hordak's got some to work through. Uh, it seems a little bit. Let's talk about let's talk about their conversation a little bit because it is it is pretty interesting. Um, so Adora basically just goes, "Oh, it's like I yeah, you took me from my people. You stole me when I was a baby. How could you do this?" And Hordak basically just says, "I didn't do that. I don't care about you. Like, why would I think about you at all?" You're only you only matter because you have the sword, which is really interesting for the main villain to say. Like, yeah, Catra is the one who cares about Adora. Hordak doesn't care at all. Like he he probably doesn't think about her that much day to day. Yeah, like like Hordak has never for even one second really cared about her. Even when like Hordak grabbed her out of the portal and was you know took her back to the fright zone he was just like has anyone with this baby yeah like she wasn't his goal when he opened that portal like he wasn't opening the portal saying aha today i will steal a first one's baby for nefarious purposes like no that just happened yeah it just was a complete fluke um on his part and um he just has never he's never cared about like those level of intricacies with like his troops like he is not somebody who is ever going to remember anybody's name in his whole organization, more or less. He just doesn't care. If you are below the rank of Force Captain, he doesn't know who you are and he doesn't care. Honestly, even if you are the rank of Force Captain, if you're not one of the people he engages with on a daily basis, he probably also doesn't know or care who you are. He doesn't know who Octavia is. The other two don't, like the other two guys don't even get named. I don't know the blue guy's name. Or the, like, bearded one. That bearded... I know that the bearded one is, like, based on a guy from the original show, but I don't know his name. That's really funny. Uh, but... But, yeah, no, he just... He, he's he's more of a hands-off dictator, you know? he he's, he's here to build his weird little devices and let everyone else take care of things like, you know, employee management. And Adora is just, like... Again, it's just this deflation right where she's like she's confronting this figure that has been such like a weight on her and then just this confrontation that she has built up in her head just deflates in on itself immediately it's like it's it's really similar like i think thematically to how it was like when she when she saw the um the mara hologram like before it actually became the message like just this this big conversation she's been building up in her head for so long and it just collapses in on itself because it was never going to be that way and and i think that's i think that's kind of interesting to 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 do it that way to to have that kind of really real like emotion of just like it's you know it's just not how it works you just you don't get those big flashy confrontations really when it comes to this stuff it's almost always a deflation and let's get into the main meat of this episode the 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 the, the main course here the entree catra's having a normal one um after the last episode she's really normal this whole the whole time yeah there's no there's no issues so 
she comes back and she's expecting a hero's welcome, right? She has, she not only did she survive Hordak's death mission, but she came back with all the tools that he could possibly need to open a portal right now. It's like, let's go, let's do it, let's just win right this second. You know, I won, I get the prize, let's go. And she just, she is not having a good time at the fact that nobody else seems to be celebrating her victory. Yeah, like, they just kind of brush over it as the Hordex, oh yeah, pretty cool, thanks. Um, Time to think about opening the portal. And she is, you know, the the, the two henchmen from the, the Crimson Waste, Huntara's former henchmen, they're living it up here in the fright zone. Scorpius really she really doesn't like them very much which you know it's impressive if scorpio doesn't like you she's so good-natured uh yeah no she's you know i think the thing is right like she doesn't like them very much but i think part of it is also the fact that scorpio is just having a very bad day today she's just not having a fun time and that is chiefly because that 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 you know that progress she seemed to be making with katra the bond that they forged in the Crimson Waste, it, it just shattered after after they came back because Katra is just completely refocused on Adora now. There's this scene where, like, Katra, you know, she's telling the uh, the goat lady to stop goofing off. Um, and Scorpia is like, hey, can we talk? Um, and Katra just brushes her off and says... Uh, not right now, but hey, I couldn't have done any of this without you. Thanks. And like pats her on the shoulder and leaves. It is so brutal. It's so cold. Like it is really cold. Like she's, Katra is absolutely 100% obsessed with the concept of destroying all of the people who have ever hurt her. That is all she can think about right now. She wants to cause as many problems as physically possible for the people that she perceives as having ruined her life. So nothing else matters. Nobody else matters, Scorpia included. Which is uh, quite well reinforced when Shadow Weaver shows up with the princesses. Oh, God, yeah. So what is basically happening is that Shadow Weaver is using Glimmer as a magical battery, uh, boosting Glimmer's magical powers with her own, while also drawing power from Glimmer's own mana pool, basically. Um, they fight their way through the the, um, the fright zone. The, the alarm gets tripped pretty quickly. Uh, and they get confronted by Katra, who is like, are you kidding me? Like, not only do you, you do, you, I didn't know you were, I knew you were in Brightmoor. I didn't know you were defecting. I didn't, you're holding hands with a princess. Um, and Shadow Weaver is just here, no nothing at all just business just get out of the way join us or you know face the consequences and catra chooses the consequences as she is wont to do naturally naturally and this scene in particular is just it's it's rough this is this is just rough to watch frankly so like even like like setting aside the whole thing with with glimmer very obviously being magic parasited to like death by uh, by Shadow Weaver here, like Shadow Weaver just co- completely mops the floor with with Catcher, just just com- just clowns on her. Basically, spends like thirty full seconds pointlessly teleporting around her as fast as possible. That was unnecessary. She didn't have to do that. Yeah, and then she she rolls the high decks, catches the whip, 
Um, because like you know, Catra does the smart thing; she waits. She stops like swinging and waits to to get the read on where Shadow Weaver's going to teleport in next. And you know, she also she's also smart in that she whips Glimmer. She like grabs the whip around her wrist and is going to try to yank her off, but Shadow Weaver grabs the whip, gives her gives her a shock, and uh, starts force choking her basically. And this is the part where Catra this whole episode has been very aloof, very much like early season two or like late season one Catra, where she is all business. She doesn't care about anyone else. Um, but that's where this is where this confrontation with Shadow Weaver is where it all falls away. She just starts crying and screaming at Shadow Weaver about like, this is all your fault. You don't get to do what you did to me and then be the good guy. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like specifically the thing she says is like, oh, she, she's like, why do you get to be the good guy? Why, why do you get to do this? You, you turned me into this. You ruined my life. You made me a monster. And you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be on the good team. You're allowed to get redeem, redeemed. And I'm here and I have to be the one who gets destroyed. Yeah, and this is in Shadow. We were just like, "Be quiet! I'm here to get rid of Hordak. If you're gonna be like this, I'm just gonna get rid of you." Um, it's extremely cold. It's absolutely, it is disgustingly cold. Like Shadow Weaver is ready to just and just end her right here. And the only reason that she doesn't is because Bo realizes that. It, it, if if she goes ahead and kills Katra, she is going to also probably kill Glimmer, uh, because she is just she is draining her uh, real real quick with this. The magical parasite, yeah, and the uh, the the goat lady basically like stops Katra from pressing the matter. Like, no, 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 we gotta we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. We we cannot be here. We have to leave. So they run off, um, and then the the trio kind of run for the sanctum. Uh, this is where we cut to Scorpia hanging out with Entrapta. Entrapta is running. She's doing the responsible thing for once and running all these simulations about what would happen if uh, you opened a portal. And the answer is bad. The answer is really bad. So it turns out that not only would opening a portal end the world, but specifically it would unmake the world. Space and time would like implode and really, really bad. <laughs> they just would never they would just have never existed at all total ego death which is you know bad yeah it's not good um and so she's like i gotta tell hordak about this we, we cannot open this portal and that's when catcher busts in and says uh i hear talk about not opening portals i don't want to hear any of that we're opening it yeah and then and and trapped uh so we should mention when when she when she bursts in here, like she just shoves Scorpia aside. Like Scorpia just comes, you know. She's like, "Oh, it's Catra." Like she just Catra is so like genuinely mean in this episode. Yeah, she's she's very cold. She is absolutely one hundred percent driven right now. She doesn't care about anything or anyone other than well adora really uh except not not in a good way <laughs> adora shadow weaver everyone who has hurt her gotta they gotta go they gotta die immediately as fast as humanly possible preferably with her being able to watch 
And she's like, why aren't you in Hordak's lab? we got to open this portal. And then Trapto's like, well, uh, no, we can't. Because if we do that, everything will uh, really go really bad. And then... And then... And then she says... She says three three very specific words in sequence that you shouldn't ever say to catch her at any point in time ever. She says, especially today of all days, she says... Adora was right. And that just starts bouncing around in Catra's head. Like all rational thought leaves. Yeah. If you thought if you thought Catra was having a bit of a breakdown before this second, well, have I got news for you. Because she snaps like a twig immediately. You can like like glass shattering sound effect snaps. Because she is like, oh no, 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 no. Adora gets everything she wants, doesn't she? Absolutely not. We're opening the portal right now. Let's go. And then Entrapta tries to like continue explaining that that is not an option. Uh, and she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I gotta explain this to Hordak. He'll understand. Catcher just panics because she's not letting this happen. She refuses to let anybody stop her, no matter who it is. And she just shocks her right in the back she, she tases her knocks her out and you can see like immediately after she's like oh no what did i just do she's she's panicking so is everyone else the goat lady is like uh, what do you want me to do um and Catra just says i don't know just get her out of here send her to beast island which of course scorpio objects to like no way um but then Catra just turns the the, the stun baton on her is like oh you want to be next you want to try to stop me come on Let's go. Yeah, no, it's... it's. Catra snaps, makes a very... Adora has a line in the earlier part of this episode where she's like, Catra makes bad decisions. And it's like, yeah, Catra makes some bad decisions. And this is one of them. And everyone's just kind of like... Ugh. Everyone's suffering for it. Scorpia is devastated by this, by the way. She just... She drops to her knees and she's like... She's of a disposition where crying isn't really an option, but, like, she is she's a broken woman at this moment in time. She's, she's, it, to her, she has just lost just about everything. Like, all of her friends have been probably irrevocably lost to her. Like, Katra is no longer in a mind state that is compatible with friendship and Entrapta is is being executed right now. She can't pull Catra back from the edge anymore. Catra's not on the edge anymore. She's just in free fall. Yeah, no, she is she has leapt face first off of this cliff without a parachute. So she runs back to Hordak's lab and is like, alright, we gotta open the portal. The princesses are here. Um and Hordak's like, well hang on, whoa, 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 hang on. What do you mean? The princesses are here. Where's Entrapta? I need her for this. And then in <sighs> And then Katra, like, she, she has, like... She considers it. She considers it for a second. She's, like, she she is trying to think on her feet of how to explain this situation. And, well, she goes with something. She throws Entrapped under the bus and says, well, she betrayed us, obviously. You can't trust anyone. You can't rely on anyone. Like, don't bother. And 
they they just are just like this obviously just completely enrages Hordak. No, yeah, Hordak is now also a broken man because the only like affection and like friendship and like care he's ever been shown in his life, he thinks has just been a total lie. Yep. Um, which like because like obviously that's how Catra's feeling right now. So why shouldn't he feel the same? And she, they're like, all right, let's open the portal. That's when the rest of the the squad shows up. Um, they, they kind of stop Hordak from pulling the, the switch, but, uh, they don't knock Katra out. No, they, they don't incapacitate Katra, who really in this situation is the most dangerous person. So, Adora is there, she's still tied to this pillar, and she's just like, she's just begging Katra not to pull the switch. You know what'll happen, you've you, you heard it from Mari, you've seen the simulations, you know what's gonna happen. Um, and Katra just smirks. And pulls the lever. But it's not like a smirk, like an evil villain smirk. It's... How would you explain the face she makes when she pulls this switch? Well, let's, let's, get, let's get that shot. Let's take a look at that shot real quick. That's not a villain smirk. That's like... It's like the emotion of... It's the emotion of I won, but like also... I like it, it's It's not only is it... I won, but I think it's also I know. Like, like Adora spent like the last ten seconds trying to explain to her this is going to end everything, and that this is this is this is suicide functionally. Yeah. And Catcher is looking at her like, yes, I know, I'm doing it anyway. She's she she has the gun to her head and Adora's head right now, and she's pulling the trigger as fast as she can. Yeah, and that's how it ends. We. White subsumes the entire room, uh, and that's it. So next week, uh, as a thanks, next week is the Thanksgiving treat. It's the Portal Two Parter. We are going to be talking about both Portal episodes because they, you know, they aren't technically a two parter, but they are. Let's be real here. Um, there will be no other finales that we are not going to be doing uh, in one episode. Both. Uh, Season four and season five finales uh, will be two episodes in one podcast. Mm-hmm. But before we get to any of that, we do have some questions. Um, we got a couple here from multiple sources this time. So let's start on Twitter. Um, got one from Octopus in the Neighborhood, at Frank Entrapta. Do you think Hordak would have listened to Entrapta about the portal being too dangerous? Almost certainly. Like, Hordak pretty much unequivocally trusts Entrapta, and... If she told him that if you activate this, it's going to blow the entire planet to smithereens, I can't imagine that he would really argue the point with her too much at this uh, at this stage of things. Plus, on top of that, again, like we've already established, Hordak is really not in a rush to call Big Bro right now. Yeah. I think if uh, Entrapta had talked to him, he definitely would have, like, not pulled it. I think he would have been like, no, we gotta, we gotta wait. I don't... I, I certainly don't want to unmake reality. Yeah, that's not exactly my goal here. Um, he's not in—he's not in the same mental boat as Catra is right now. No, I would not describe Hordak as like suicidal. I would describe him as homicidal, but not suicidal. Catra is just oh boy. Um, we got one on Curious Cat from from an anonymous Curious Catra user. Uh, does literally anybody live in Bright Moon besides the guards, chefs, best friend squad, and the general? No one else is ever shown. Well, that's that's not entirely true, because, like, 
in the like the first what was it like season one episode three yeah we see some like people around but like there aren't there aren't really recurring bright moon characters yeah my understanding of how bright moon is kind of structured is it's kind of like a feudal like castle town right like you have the castle it's inside the walls the royal family lives there you know you have your courtesans you have your guard that kind of thing and then just outside of that like outside of the that like complex um is the actual like city or town um which is like usually like at the foot um or to the side somewhere that it is like guarded on on some level by the castle so yeah like and again like in season one episode three like when adora kind of like leaves the castle and she ends up in like a little town where the royal guard kind of sees her and is like hey you're a horde person you shouldn't be here like there's you know there there is a town we just don't see it very often yeah like it's not really a focus of any episodes um and also you know unique character models cost money we do see in a season four episode we get a we get a pretty good like amount of side characters that show up that's true that's true spinnerella and natasa don't live there but they're around most of the time that's true yeah they're they're you know the you can never you never want to discount the cloud wives this is really important to bear in mind so i've got uh one more this is in an email from sean montgomery shout out to sean montgomery also a patron um and who sends lots of great emails uh responding and talking about the episodes i'm not gonna read the body of the email that's for our end of uh season email bonanza but there is a question here. Uh, was Shadow Weaver going to kill Katra outright until Bo stopped Shadow Weaver from draining Glimmer? Shadow Weaver literally tortured Glimmer with the same magic. I'm wondering what she thought while Shadow Weaver was crushing Katra. Hmm. I think... She was going to do it. Yeah, I think she was going to do it for sure. Like, I don't think that Shadow Weaver would have had, in the moment, any qualms about murdering Katra. I think that shadow weaver for as evil and as cruel as she is and as like and as much as she like tries to act like she wouldn't care to throw someone's life away in this in in this kind of way i think after the fact she would not be doing too hot mentally with having murdered katra but in the moment she definitely would have just straight up done it oh yeah yeah i think and glimmer she probably didn't like it, I would say, being used as a battery to basically kill someone here. No, yeah. She's not having a good time. Like, she's in a lot of pain. And the only reason she's putting up with it is because she feels it is a necessary evil to, like, stop the world from exploding. It's the price of power, baby. It is literally the price of power. We'll do it for questions. You know, light episode here. Um... Next week, as I said, we're going to be doing both Portal episodes. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a Thanksgiving feast for everyone. Yes, it's going to be it's going to be a Thanksgiving feast. It's maybe maybe a slightly a slightly emotionally heavy Thanksgiving feast, but certainly one that we're looking forward to. Uh, if you are looking to you know email us, uh, you know, you know where to find or send us questions. Find us on Twitter at Podcast to Power. 
uh, email potapower at gmail uh, dot com. Um, I'm just I'm just not gonna plug the Tumblr because I never put anything there. But we also have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon. It's uh, it's got a lot of fun offerings on there. We got two side shows: one for the Owlcast, one for Keep on the Age One Beast. We've got some bonus episodes that we do. Uh, got one on the Legend of the Flame Princess coming up. It's uh, it's a fun time. Yes, if you want to check that out, check us out over at patreon.com slash pot of power. We've got a couple of stretch goals, uh, $45 a month. We will start doing monthly retro Shira riffs where we, you know, crack jokes and have a fun time uh, talking over old Shira uh, shows that you can uh, sync up and watch along. Yeah, that'll be fun. Then we also have uh, coming up at, I believe, 75? 75. That's going to be our one-shot of the Shira and the Princess of Power Firebrands hack tabletop RPG sort of thing. And uh, that should be pretty fun. We're both big uh, tabletop nerds, so that should be a good time. By the way, we are only $5 away from that, uh, that next stretch goal. Ooh. So if you want to get some uh, some riffs in there, you know, uh, head on in and uh, throw us a couple of bucks. And if you do that, you also get shoutouts at the end of episodes. Let me crack open that patron list and thank... Uh, we got a couple of new patrons this week, so special shout-out to Jess Pumphrey and Leon Lay. Yeah, thank you very much. As well as all of our other wonderful Force Captain-level patrons, Sean Montgomery... Jack O'Neuro, Olivia, Andres Lozano, Brittany Ray, Michael Steinert, Tara Stark, TCO, Murderbot, Brennan Fitzgerald, Tobu, Emma Grossman, Robert Harris, and Danielle DuPont. Thank you. Thank you very much for all your continued support. It means a ton to us. But with that, uh, if that's uh, if this is where you're where you're stopping, we'll uh, catch you next time. But we we'll talk about stuff in the spoiler zone. We'll see you on the other side. talk about angela let's talk about our good friend angela well our our soon to be late good friend angela you know when you know you're watching like a movie and it's a bunch of guys they're on a chopper they're they're going out in the jungle it's you're watching predator or something or some other thing like that some guy pulls out the picture of the family and he's like look at this this is what i'm fighting for call that a death flag that happens in this episode yeah because glimmer said during their argument glimmer says ah you'll always be around telling me what to do i know i was just like glimmer you better knock on some fucking wood because that is not a thing you want to say glimmer she might as well have said she's only three days from retirement come on now yeah you should have been like can't be doing that (laughs) god listen oh man it's that conversation also like that is the last conversation they ever have, which is like, 
just pretty brutal. Like that is not a fun conversation. Like they are, they are mad at each other. They both like do. They basically bring out the worst in each other in in that conversation. Like um, Angela flexes her queen like authority, and Glimmer is like really poking hard at like trauma to like to make a point. It's like it's their worst behaviors all in one fight, which is like. It's been a it's been a minute since we had a mother daughter fight between them, and and this one's really maybe the the worst it gets in the whole show. Oh yeah, they really go for the throat here. Um, and obviously, in the season four premiere, there's some closure. I I think that was just an autumn like an automated message. So like it was basically a will. Yeah. In the cave there, like Glimmer never really. I don't think gets over this entirely as it's hard to do um and she you know she shouldn't but like that is kind of one of my beefs with uh, with the season four premiere not to get too ahead of ourselves but i have talked before about how i think that episode is is pretty bad by the show's standards um and one of the reasons that like it's it does i think it needed to be a bit more somber than it is for more of it i think so too yeah because like that is functionally the mourning period that we get for Angela, right? Like that is the, that is the episode in which we get to mourn her as a character and just, just not a lot of time in it that's dedicated to mourning her. Yeah. In fact, that's like the central core plot point of the whole episode is that everyone is afraid to mourn her because they don't want to upset Glimmer. Like that's the only thing that, that is, that is what makes it, that is what makes it bad by this show's standards. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get what they were going for, but I think... We'll talk about it, but I just think that the writing of everyone else was a little bit too annoying. Yeah. Like, they kind of they kind of stepped a bit too far. Everyone should have been annoying and, like, trying too hard, but I think they went a little bit in the wrong direction. I think so, too. Like, they, they, they weighed way too heavily on the gags and the bits, and I think it should have been a little bit more somber. But, you know, but that's that's the thing with... Angela's death? Question mark? Let's call it. It's a death. It is. Listen. All right. It's not technically a death. She gets shut in like the the dimension between dimensions. The Spondos too. But like, come on. This is like a a Jojo part two car situation. Eventually she'll just stop thinking or whatever. Functionally, she's stuck in a void forever. Whether she'll actually die from that or not is, uh, you know. But it doesn't matter. That's semantics. Like the show treats it as a death, and so we should treat it as a death. Yeah, this is this is true. So, this episode is also kind of one of the ones that more strongly uh, ties Angela and Shadow Weaver together thematically. Like, obviously, with the the, uh, the the half and half shadow and light thing that keeps recurring, and the fact that the, these are the two people that Glimmer talks to, and she places her trust in one of them and not the other. Like, it's very strong. Angela, we don't want to talk too much about Angela because obviously next episode is her like big moment. Yeah, this is the, the it's it's really next episode is the is the crescendo of her character, right? It's the it's 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 where all of her themes kind of coalesce and come together in like this really 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 nice tight package. So we'll 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 delve into that a little more um, when when that happens, but. But yeah, she's the 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 lines that are being drawn 
here are really uh, a good setup for for that right like it's it's really it is really defining the the sort of dichotomy between angela and shadow weaver here it is it is very definitively trying to point out what ways in which they are similar and what ways in which they are different because of course once she has her speech her her pre-death speech to adora all of the reasons why her and shadow weaver are ultimately different are kind of just laid out on the table for you you're speaking of that speech glimmer accuses her of being a coward in this argument like she straight up says it like she does you're just a coward you're just you're just too afraid to do anything that's why we're in this position in the first place yeah and she's not wrong like she is correct it's glimmer and her mom right it's it's the impulsivity versus fear it's this like angela is terrified to act but glimmer is terrified not to act and these two things just don't mix that is a thing you've got to sit down and talk through and neither of these characters are really going to be able to do that right now no and never again in fact it's just not going to happen like glimmer does get like a little bit of closure right with the with the sort of pre-recorded message um and also through like what adora tells her that she said right before she died but i don't know it's like it's it's tough it's uh it's something we will it's 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 very tough. We'll we'll get into that because there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with that one next time. Yeah, specifically that scene also has things we got to talk about with season five as well because these parallels between Shadow Weaver and Angela don't stop after Angela dies. Like, oh no! If anything, they actually get stronger. Like this, I would say is like the extreme thesis. This is this is the thesis statement of that of that parallel situation. It just gets it, it gets built upon and reiterated uh, many times. So we don't want this is going to be a lighter uh, spoilers, and we don't want to talk too much about stuff because we're really really getting into it with season four very shortly. Yes, where a lot of this kind of comes home to roost. But we want I want to talk real quick. Throw your mind back to when you first watched these episodes in season four, where. They really, really seem to be taking Catra in a darker direction, really making you think, well, can she pull out of this one? Can she pull out of this nosedive here? Like, where did you, what did you think of that direction of writing when it was, uh, when it was starting? Because, like, me, I, I really liked it. I have said season four is probably my personal favorite, and I think you have as well. Season four is just really damn good. Yeah. Love a good tragedy around here. But, like, it was one of those things where, like, well, where does she end here? Like, th- th- she does some pretty heinous stuff in this episode, in the Portal episodes, and, and season four, like... And obviously, in the end, she does pull out of the nosedive, but it takes a lot, and it's quite traumatic. But, wh- what did you think? Yeah, it's like, that's the thing, right? 
I don't know, because, you know, back when, you know, back when I was first watching it, I didn't know, A, that she did pull out of that nosedive, um, or that she ever came to a realization about, like, why she's doing the things she's doing. Like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to throw myself back to that point, but I, I, I probably, I was probably feeling like, I was, I was, I think I, I think I was thinking that they might be doing, like, a, a send-up of, like, redemption arcs, where, like, they, they set up a character to have one, and then rip the rug out from underneath of them. I think I probably thought that a little bit. I, um, I wasn't convinced that they were actually going to, to go through with the redemption, and I was also, I was a little worried that they would actually be able to pull it off because again, she does do some pretty like heinous stuff, especially in, in the portal episodes here. Like she is, while not directly murdering Angela, like she doesn't personally kill her. She specifically is responsible, right? Like the thing to bear in mind with this and this isn't something i actually realized um at the time it, it took me a couple of rewatches to kind of fully understand where catcher was at i think at first like my first impression was that catcher is really not thinking and she is just completely operating on an impulsive level but having gone through it a few times uh, you know the, the thing to bear in mind is that catcher has like extremely thought this through a hundred percent and this is a suicide this is a murder suicide she is not unaware of the fact that she doesn't make it out of this in fact she would prefer to not have to make it out of this but yeah at the at, at the time i would say I, I probably didn't realize that as much and i i was probably a little more like well this seems kind of this seems a little contrived and like maybe maybe not like an enormously smart character decision but like also you know this is the the end of act two situation you have to get the the Chekhov's gun pulled off the wall and that sort of thing yeah I think I was much in the same boat at least at the end of the portal episodes because I was like well I guess she did that huh because like literally in the second portal episode she becomes like a portal monster and just and just goes completely like unhinged she that's where she's the closest to Jokerfied when she gets corrupted yeah no corrupted corrupted katra is extremely joker actually so i was like well okay they're just gonna make her into like a huge supervillain. but then season four happened and i was like no hang on because let's let's think back let's think back to 2006 avatar the last airbender book two the finale has just happened and zuko has kind of been on this path to redemption right and ultimately he's faced with a choice to help the Avatar help Azula, he chooses Azula. Like that, I I very that, I remember watching that live. I think, and I was just I was just a bold. Person. I guess I guess he's a full on villain now. Yeah. And this, Catra, if Catra is the improvement on Zuko, if Catra is the is the perfection of of the kind of Zuko route, then we can see this as as the escalation of that. Like. It, it, it is once again born out of extreme internal conflict, just like Zuko's choice was, right? It's just that Katra's choice is far more damaging, ultimately. Like, And she's also got a hell of a lot more like baggage to deal with, honestly. Yeah, like Z Zuko's, 
Zuko's got issues, but Catra's got issues with a capital I. Once you realize, well, yeah, like you said, once you realize and, and, and you've seen the full show, you realize where the, at the point where Catra is at, this is, she is extremely much committing suicide here in the most grandiose and, and ridiculous way possible. It really gives it a whole new meaning and light. Uh, and I'm sure none of that will come up in season four at all. No, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Or season five. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any points where Catra just tells Glimmer to kill or anything like that. That's certainly not something that happens. No, it w- that wouldn't happen, but... Nah. <sighs> ah. Ah. Oh. But, uh, yeah, good good episode. I, I really like this one as a setup. Um, like I said... This is the bowling ball. They're rolling the bowling this ball. This is the bowling ball. This is, this is rolling the bowling ball. This is, this is... The last domino has been set on the fucking, like, big, giant domino thing. And Katra has run up and punted it like a football. And she is trying to score the field goal. Yeah. Uh, and next week... We'll see that field goal come to pass with, uh, what are these episodes called? I think it's called Remember, and I closed those fl- the, the window already. It's portals. It's portal episodes next week. Double double feature. Uh, get ready to laugh. Get ready to cry. Get ready to get jokered. Get ready for, get ready for all of that. But, uh, but that's for next week. So, for now, I've been one of your hosts, Jane. I've been the other host, Nero. And we'll see you on the other side of Pod Caspondos.